1: Amy Taylor Cabaz. I would like to start by acknowledging the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation on which this podcast is recorded as the traditional custodians of this land and pay my respects to the elders past, present, and emerging. And as this podcast is dedicated to the wisdom and knowledge of motherhood, I would like to acknowledge the mothers of this land the elders, their wisdom, their knowing, and my own elders and teachers. Welcome back, everyone. On the 22nd of July, 2014, I registered my very first website, wanting to start sharing my story, my research and insights into motherhood which means it has now been nine years of creating content and for most of that time, creating podcasts, both in this podcast and a previous incarnation, sharing stories of motherhood and matrescence from all over the globe. And so I think we often don't pause and celebrate enough in our current culture. And I also know that we have so much knowledge hidden in the archives of this podcast and so in recognition of that the team and I are going to be bringing you some micro matrescence moments over the next few weeks highlights and insights from some of our episodes that you can listen to and if you want to go deeper pop into the show notes and see which episode to go back to and listen thank you for being here perhaps for the last nine years or just for the last few minutes, this is how we change the way we support mothers. Hello and welcome to the Happy Mama Movement podcast. I am so excited to finally have you on this podcast to talk about postnatal depletion. Thank you.
2: Well, thanks, Amy, and thanks for the invitation. Finally, we uh, get to sort of talk <laughs> face-to-face, so I'm very glad that's happening.
1: Yes, finally. So hopefully a lot of the mums listening to this podcast already know what postnatal depletion is because we do talk about it a lot in when we honour what a mum goes through as she moves through these years of matrescence. But I thought it would be really great if you could start talking to us about how you Put this piece of the
2: puzzle together. Uh, I remember around the time of my third child, I was, I was actually doing a lot of formal sort of training in functional medicine, and, and, and realised wow, th- there is a real fingerprint of what's going on sort of biologically here. And uh, unfortunately, it just it's not really written about from a medical point of view because. And it took me quite a while to understand why it wasn't, but I think it's just the medical definitions of what is postnatal are are totally incorrect and really not very useful. Mm -hmm. And then there's not even a recognition within the medical world that having a child um, has really any outcome or difference on what happens in the years afterwards. Most of my research actually led me to looking at postpartum practices from uh, old cultures. Because they seem to understand this potential really well, uh, and so they had very elaborate things to, in place to make sure that mothers didn't get depleted and were able to sort of get back into their lives um, fully functioning. And uh, you know, we've we've lost that cultural contact, contact and context, I suppose. And. Uh, we're all trying to work it out by ourselves and, and everyone's sort of struggling. And, and unfortunately, it's been normalized, this idea of you're just a mum, you're meant to be exhausted, your brain's not going to work well ever again. You know, it's, it's I'm amazed what I'm hearing kind of thrown out there in uh, that sort of space. Uh, and you know, there isn't a lot of helpful support from others or a lot of you know, honest, non-judgmental support. Uh, when you understand what's going on with the mother, and they've really been uh, upgraded in a lot of ways, and part of that is that their emotional system has been upgraded, uh, and they'll really take things a lot deeper than they would have before, children.
1: Mm, can you talk about what does that mean? Their emotional system has been upgraded. I love that description.
2: Well, um, so this is part of the matrescence. So, you know, matrescence obviously came from an anthropological sort of point of view and then moved into the world of sort of psychology and emotional well-being and now we're seeing it determined much more in the biological world and and again i love matricence adolescence Mm -hmm. everyone's been through adolescence who is an adult and was it a smooth time not for many people was it uh, something that happened on the 18th birthday no it's something that actually needed uh a transformational few years, and it's all hormonally mediated. Uh, matrescence is is very similar. It doesn't happen at the birth of the baby in terms of becoming a mother. It's, it's a transformational journey. It's hormonally mediated, uh, and there is turbulence uh, as a mother kind of gets into this new body that she's in. And what, what I mean by the upgrade is... When you look at what's going on biologically, uh, I believe matrescence is more biologically profound than adolescence.
1: Mm. Uh,
2: And it's just because during adolescence you're getting skeletal uh, bone growth and you're getting sexual maturation. So it looks on the outside more that there's more going on. But internally, there are more new brain cells put down during a pregnancy inside a mother's brain than there is during an adolescence. Uh, brain in, in terms of their uh, upgrade to becoming an adult and we know what adolescents are like they often um, it takes them a while to get used to their new brain and, and ways of operating with things and so so this time of highest neurogenesis during a human's lifetime is during a pregnancy and so this is part of the upgrade there hasn't been that much research in terms of what parts of the brain are actually being upgraded but the research that is there is showing that Her emotional quotient gets increased significantly. Uh, Her taste and smell centers get increased. And this explains part of these uh, unusual things that can happen during a pregnancy and beyond in terms of being very sensitive to sound, very sensitive to taste, or having unusual uh, cravings uh, during a pregnancy. Uh, And the part that I'm really fascinated by that I'm I'm trying to uh, understand a bit better is a mother's stress response system gets upgraded. And what I mean by that is um, usually uh, a man or a maiden stress response is through something called the HPA axis, so hypothalamus, which is a hormone-producing centre of the brain, just talks to the adrenals and we kind of produce cortisol and stress hormones and it feeds back to the brain. And, and this is you know, the, the sort of typical sort of health stress response. Um, during a pregnancy, a mother gets all these you know, thousands and thousands of oxytocin receptors installed in between her emotional response at centre of the brain called the mandala and her hypothalamus, which is a hormonal response part of the brain. Oh. And that stays there for at least two years. We know oxytocin is a hormone not only of child birth, but it's also of connection, of trust, and of intimacy. And so what I believe happens to a mother's brain Uh after the birth of her child is that her stress response system goes from me. Is it safe for me? Does it make sense for me? Am I safe? To we. Are we safe? Doesn't this make sense for us? And if there's no context for that, that can actually be quite alarming for a mother going, "My God, I care more about the world than I ever have. Um, I don't know what the hell is going on. I can't even watch the news now." But this almost needs to be acknowledged as a superpower um, to be able to, th- to to be able to think in terms of the we, because you know, if everyone was thinking in we, we wouldn't have you know, a lot of the problems that are appearing in the world.
1: I love that this is a superpower. And when you were speaking, I was thinking of how many women have been, have feel like they have postnatal anxiety Mm. because suddenly they're so worried about. I did a podcast just recently about this mum who said that she was, she suddenly became so anxious about the pool fence wasn't high enough, the streets were too busy, the traffic lights weren't long enough for her to cross the road in time for her child to be okay. And, and it was such a, um, a failing. What are you able to give them when you give them this information and help them look at this in a completely different way? What do you see happens to a woman when she begins to understand what postnatal depletion is and what's actually happening to her?
2: Well, it first starts with just acknowledgement. So that is hugely healing, uh, that I wasn't, the problem there's nothing wrong with me, so I think there's a huge fear that mothers have. Just so you know, acknowledgement is is uh, you know you can almost sometimes feel a sense of relief in in, in the room when uh, mothers are kind of getting to that sort of place. And then there's kind of a reframing uh that that you know, starts to occur, and that reframing is okay. This is just my superpower that's just out of control when it when the pool fence isn't, isn't high enough, as opposed to I'm an anxious mess. Uh, and one of the other, and, and also it's quite empowering. I think you know, this whole journey of becoming a mother can be very disempowering if there isn't the right sort of context or support. Um, and then there's kind of a lot of negative self-talk and then negative judgment coming from uh, you know, the environment and, and uh and, and people who are just you know giving unsolicited advice and those kind of things and again it's all very judgmental and it's it's a very harsh space for mothers so I think it's, it's you know so it starts with acknowledgement um and then it can really sort of move into empowerment and then it's about okay I can you you can actually get your health and wellbeing back on track and really be able to use your superpower uh, in a very positive way as opposed to uh, being really negatively affected by it. Um, and so overwhelm is just where there's too much for too long, essentially. And uh, for mothers, you know, they're, they're a sitting duck to experience this overwhelm, and it has really negative effects on hormones and the nervous system and this whole world of social media and instantaneous is not helping that. It's I think it's really important that mothers compartmentalise the use of social media uh, and and not have access to it outside those time allocated sort of time zones. Uh, and, and just coming back to those some of those warning signs around what personal depletion is. So one of the big things for me is fatigue. So it's it's a, it's a key symptom, and it's it's a type of tiredness that's not relieved by just one or two nights good sleep. It's a really deep type of tiredness. Um, there can be a lot of physical symptoms in terms of hair loss and skin problems and, and digestive issues. Mums often feel like they're reacting to foods that they didn't necessarily have problems with before, so there's definitely a very physical element to it. And then um, uh, this hypervigilance uh, and feeling of anxiety or things that aren't, r- aren't right, that is way more than what would be appropriate for kind of what's going on around, around you. And, um, and I think it's normal for, for mothers to be tired for the first you know, one to two months after the birth of a child and then with the correct support. But it's not okay, I think, for a mother to be feeling so tired, you know, six months, 12 months, you know, five years after the birth of a child. And so just because it's common doesn't necessarily mean that it's normal. Yeah, sure. So you know, and I like I would like to put the postnatal definition out for seven years beyond the birth of a baby, just so it gives it a little bit rather than just the arbitrary six weeks, Mm -hmm. six months of psychological issues. Um, And it's almost if you can understand how the dominoes fell. This is my approach of how we kind of help the dominoes sort of get back up. And so, my number one thing is just prioritizing sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, we live in a culture that doesn't honor sleep and there's almost a badge of honor for uh, mm-hmm. not needing sleep and it's it's very and that's the great restorer. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's certainly sort of my starting point. Uh, I think a really important thing to just name is also about how to heal the nervous system. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you know, there can be a lot of trauma around, Uh, the birth of a child there's gonna be a lot of trauma around not feeling supported uh and then just with with the exhaustion that sort of goes on and so the nervous system is around just having a healthy relaxation response and giving a mother permission to actually learn how to relax well Um, and then what does her toolbox look like for relaxation and so i'm always talking about stress on stress off stress on you know this is Our biological design stress is actually really healthy for our system, but we have to match it with relaxation.
1: Thank you for being a part of this movement and for listening to these amazing insights and stories of matrescence from mothers and experts around the world. Please know that you can be a part of this revolution by being a part of our Mama Rising coaching certification, which is open now and we start in September. Find out all the details by going to mamarising.net and thank you again for being here. See you next time.